0: Welcome, you're tuning in to Around the Table with the Judges podcast presented by Property Guru Property Report, the official magazine of Asia Property Awards and Asia Real Estate Summit. This episode is brought to you by Esquire Philippines, the official media partner of Property Guru Philippines Property Awards 2022. In this special series, you will get to know our respected judges across our awards markets, from Sri Lanka to Australia to Greater Niseko, Japan. We will also be diving into the nitty-gritty of the judging process and figure out why they are the most deserving to judge leading industry players. Hi, my name is Tina Ryan, and I'm pleased to welcome you to another special episode with our judges. It was a privilege to have spent time with the Cambodian panel last week. This time around, the distinguished judging panel of the Property Group Philippines Property Awards, now on its 10th year, have graced us with their presence. To begin, may we request our judges to kindly introduce themselves, starting with our newly elected chairperson. Take it away, Miss Cindy.
1: Hello, hi, I'm Cindy Tan Harabata of Tahara Hospitality, and I'm the um, chairperson for the Philippine Property Awards.
2: Hello, I'm Jean DeCastro, CEO of ESCA. We are an engineering consultancy firm that specializes in technology-driven engineering design and construction management.
3: Hello, everyone. My name is Raymond Rufino. I'm the CEO of NEO. We are an office building owner, developer, and manager in the Bonifacio Global City of the Philippines.
4: Hi, I'm Eric Mangosing. I'm the CEO of Metal Development Managers, Inc. It's a MVMI, a boutique uh, consulting company specializing in development management.
0: Thank you, judges. Great seeing you, Miss Cindy, and so it's great seeing you as well, Sir Eric. Okay, so let's start, with, uh, start off with a simple one. What is it that you do as a judge? Let's have our chairperson answer first.
1: I think, um, well, we ensure f- fairness in the judging process for each entry per category. And I think through the years, we've also helped shape um, the, the awards, the property awards. Um, now we actually have 10 judges uh, this year, um, uh, at one point it's also of course a 10th year anniversary. So we have representatives from hospitality, architecture, engineering and design, sustainability, branding and also experts in office, commercial and residential development.
2: Thank you, Ms. Cindy. Ms. Jean? Yeah, so we are the independent um, judging panel and we find the best of the best. So together we discuss, select, and agree on which of these developments, you know, kind of become now the um, embodied uh, high standard that we want to see in the real estate um, industry. So we, we look at the projects, we review the documentation against the criteria, and we see how it's also being implemented and how the market responds to these projects. Thank you, Ms. Jean. Raymond?
3: Yeah, I think I agree. Just, just to add, I think it's very important when you talk about uh, awarding that you have not only just very transparent and fair awarding, but really an involvement by by good quality judges who can really vet projects and understand, you know, what are the good points, what are the negative points, what are the strengths, the flaws. Um, the judges get very, very involved. So it's required that whenever projects are visited, whether it's virtual or 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 in person, that at least two to three judges are represented on each visit. And I think that's very, very critical. We're not just looking at, you know, pictures on a desktop. We're actually getting deep into each project, really trying to understand the nuts and bolts to really see if a project is deserving to win an award or not.
0: Thank you, Raymond. And lastly, Sir Eric?
4: Well, I think Cindy, Jean, and Raymond have said it all, but let me just put it simply. We evaluate the entries based on a set of criteria for each category that's pre-agreed, and we each make a judgment on the entries and rank them accordingly.
0: That's it. Okay, so last year, um, you all evaluated entries in virtually. How difficult was the process compared to on-site visits?
1: Well, Tina, even pre- prior to the pandemic so what well, we have b- been doing uh with uh virtual all these virtual tours with all the opera- uh with all the developers for two years but prior to that we've been doing this for about 8 years already and um uh, so i guess i'm one of the longest judges so i've actually stayed with the you know with the the whole process for 10 e- for close to 10 years now but one of the things we recognized that, say for the past two years was that We did, of course, everyone recognizes because of the pandemic, there was like um, a shortfall also in terms of sales um, uptake and also construction delays. But at one point, um, we recognize that a lot of developers also have pivoted to, let's say, you know, revised plans. We actually recognize more green spaces. It was an opportunity for them to change some of the spaces. And also um, uh, looked at what the consumer demand was, and also came up with affordable payment terms. So I think at one point even there was a slowdown. You also saw, uh, you know, a pickup, um, especially last year. And last year I believe was one of the best years that we've had um, uh, for for the property awards.
0: considering it was a pandem- it's Still a pandemic. Okay, who would like to answer uh, again?
3: I got to go next. Um, I think the virtual versus the actual physical inspection yeah i mean to be honest i'm a bit old school in terms of um you know i always felt feel real estate has to be walked right you have to experience real estate firsthand physically because we are talking about you know a development which has so many aspects to it which is very very hard to do um virtually right um i guess the way i would put it is Virtual is probably easier on the judges because it's more convenient, easier in terms of time, but I think harder in terms of really evaluating the project. Because when you when you're a real estate professional and you walk through a project, you're able to see right away and get to feel the project. Whereas if you're looking at it, you know, through a PowerPoint presentation or a video or pictures, you're not you're not getting the same, I would say, depth of experience. And so i'm a big fan of just visiting the properties in person even if logistically that takes a lot more out of us as judges we have to fly sometimes you have to do overnights because we have to visit the 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 sites and you know over the past few years an exciting development has been the growth of, of of projects and and potential awardees who are outside of metro manila so we have to fly to these provincial cities and locations to be able to visit these projects but I think visiting them in person really also gives us a chance to really, you know, understand and get to know these projects
4: intimately.
0: Thank you, Sir Raymond. Um, For Jean and um, Sir Eric, how do you make sure that the projects are judged fairly without being there physically?
2: Yeah, so I think as, um, uh, you know, all of us though, being in this field, and I love our judging panel because we all represent different um, segments of the industry. but our professional um, experience but it's still all of us kind of want to touch things we want to feel it we want to touch it sometimes you want to smell it you kind of want to see the lighting and all of that so it was definitely challenging so um, but we had to also adapt now as Cindy said our everyone had to adapt to the situation so in our case just um, to be able to continue to judge it fairly, even not seeing it physically, we had to be more deliberate with our questioning. We really had to ask um, very detailed um, questions and also require actual photos. So we'll usually get the rendered photos, right? Um, but we'll ask for the actual prog- We'll look for the actual progress photos at the site. We'll ask them questions, you know, just to be sure that we're also getting the answers that we're looking for to be able to judge the work with the criteria that we've been given.
4: For Eric? Okay. The virtual the virtual version does not allow us really to see the project or the entry in person. to scrutinise more closely the quality and workmanship of the development no? versus the digital images sent to us by the developer. So there's greater judgmental in the process based largely on the information we get regarding the entry and how the developer's representatives respond to our questions. No? So what we do is we look at alternatives or substitute parameters to the actual viewing of the entries, such as perhaps the saleability of the project, who is the general contractor, the architect, etc. The quality of the team a certain predisposition the quality of the development. So we look at that.
1: Cindy, Raymond, would you like to add to that? I think what we also recognized was that not, um, although they showed us some virtual tours, but there were some virtual tours that were real-time. And yeah, there were some entries and we all enjoyed seeing it. And some have actually been on site. So you see the progress year after year.
0: Okay, so I guess I can move on to question number four. With that in mind, as respected experts in your field, with your own preferences, how do you remove professional bias when judging?
1: Well, there's ten of us, <laughs> so you can just imagine all the discussion that goes into the conversation per. The entry. debate, the <laughs> debate, not the just debate. discussion. <laughs>
2: yeah, Cindy has a difficult job again
1: on a chair
2: managing um, those uh, discussions. But we also
1: have HLB which is the audit you know the audit company who kind of monitors all that but the other part also we also have to disclose if there are any conflicts and it's inevitable that um, we do have um, you know the entries could also be potentially our client whether or not we're working on the same um, on the same project, but given that you also have—I um, mean—the entries we're also quite particular about who the developers are. You can be like um, all the big names, the conglomerates, but um, uh, we also encourage a lot of um, the you know the, the new breeds of developers because we want to see a lot of innovation that comes into play. But um, uh, but one thing good is that um, I guess we also self-check everyone else. Yeah, but HLB has actually quite, um, they've been very, you know, I mean, judicious when it comes to really um, you know, making sure that there's no bias, there's no conflict of interest from uh, from any of the entries. So I we don't
2: participate. It. If we see that there's a potential conflict, if we've worked on the project, then we don't participate um, in directly, you know, judging um, that particular project to keep it also credible and transparent.
3: I think it's also worthwhile to mention that as you judge, the more you judge, the more years you've been judging, the more you are able to be, I would say, more objective. Mm -hmm. Um, I think when you're a first-time judge or maybe your first one or two years, the personal bias is a little bit difficult to overcome. You just carry that with you. But as you start to judge over more years and you start to see a lot more projects, then you really start to kind of open up. Um, your your the objectivity in your in your in your in your head. I remember, you know, before, you know, you just always think, oh, it's a bigger developer, probably going to be a better quality project compared to this <laughs> company we've never heard of, and then you would get surprised that hey, this this up and coming developer actually is delivering a higher quality project than some of these big name developers. So your 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 initial bias, you know, kind of. Oh, it's tough to question that, right? You you come in with this bias, but then you realize that, hey, that does not necessarily hold true. And I think as you as you judge more and more years, and we have the benefit of having some judges who have been here, like like Cindy has mentioned for for many years. Um, I think that mix of, you know, some are new judges, some are been here for a while. I think I've been judging, I don't know, I can't even don't even remember how many six seven years I think already. Yeah. Um, so so that mix of of sort of Judging tenure, I think it's also good to kind of help
4: with the with the bias, right?
0: Sir Raymond. And Sir Eric, would you like to uh, add to that?
4: Finally, I just remind myself that there are governance rules and compliances that we have to apply to. So we try to avoid potential conflict of interest. And as Cindy said earlier, we need to disclose their personal and professional relationship with the developers, if any. So with that, uh, we just go on with our work
0: now um i this next question is kind of tough like how has there ever been a situation where the judges uh votes the judges votes were split between two candidates how did you guys yeah. handle it yeah yeah a lot
1: of all the time <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times it's usually like the best developer um, uh, and we've we've al- also worked on regions like you have the best developer in Visayas, but of, of course the toughest is uh, if you're representing the Philippines. So which means if the entries would also get into the um, you know the Asia Pacific Awards, it's it's totally a different um, game field already.
3: That's why sometimes the meetings can be quite long, because you know <laughs> we while we agree, I would say there's agreement most of the time but there will be certain specific awards where the judges will be split and Mm -hmm. you know we work on we work on consensus right so we kind of have to spend the time and that'll be Cindy's job now that she's the our chairperson for this year managing the judges and trying to get achieve consensus on every single award right so that's going to be you know Unfortunately, sometimes it's a time consuming process, but we've we, we managed over the past years. We've always managed, even if it takes a little bit longer, we'll eventually get there, right? So,
2: yeah, it's and that's sure where we see. go down to the details, right? I mean, that's when everyone else starts bringing up their scorecards. You know, what was it really that you liked? Because there was sure. a lot, you know, you have to balance a lot of these different criteria. So, yeah, but I agree. It has happened more often than not. and But it's always interesting discussion among the judges.
3: Who
0: makes the final decision, though? Is it the chairperson?
4: No. Uh, it's, it's uh, Kina, in my four One years point. as a judge, in there's a dispute yeah. already. In my four <laughs> years as a judge, we always end up unanimous after yeah. a long yeah. argument.
1: Yeah. Because <laughs> if you're the, ju- the, yeah. chair, uh, the chairman, eh? yeah. Yeah,
2: we always also have to convince each other, right? Of our standard position, we all have to agree on it. Yeah.
0: Okay, now then, next question: How important is it that we um, we continue to recognize businesses that remain committed to corporate social responsibility, or um, CSR or ESG, environmental, social governance?
3: Yeah, super important. I can I can probably start off. I think it's very very important because you know. For real estate developers, uh, more often than not, we get recognized or we get judged based on the design of our projects, the execution on the physical side. Oh, the building looks good. Oh, the, the finishing is quality is good. It, it, it looks attractive, etc. But you know, a lot of developers really spend time and effort to focus on being a good corporate citizen, right? Giving back, whether that's in CSR or ESG. But those activities, unfortunately, don't get as much recognition as, you know, the actual structures that we build, right? So I think it's important to recognize the efforts being made by these developers because when you do that, you inspire others to try and undertake their own efforts. And and we live in a country where, you know, whatever CSR focus or whatever ESG focus you choose to, to go into, I mean, the Philippines needs work on so many fronts. So there's so much work that has to be done, so many gaps that need to be addressed. So I think it's important we recognize this, celebrate the work being done, but also you know put a bit of pressure on, on others within the industry to try and push what they can do to, to also make that positive impact.
1: Yes, and at one point also, CSR is not just supposed to be used for marketing. It should form part of the company's, any company's DNA. Um, uh, so yeah, I think we've also, been responsible in terms of pushing other developers. We've been such a strong voice in pushing sustainability in all developments.
0: For Eric?
4: Um, yeah. yeah. Would you uh, like to add to that? Well, it adds a new dimension to the judging criteria, not directly related to the entries, but more regarding the developer who is behind the project and how it is managing its affairs within the greater business community in the society at large. It's, therefore, it's very important.
2: Yeah, and it's it's almost like there's guilt in terms of how much the construction um, sector contributes to climate crisis, right? To waste, and um, I think by recognizing these efforts, one we can inform the market, right? That these are the efforts being made. Uh, we can also bring attention to it and encourage investment Um, in projects that embrace these types of initiatives. Um, And also, it's a good reflection of the market, right? The new generation of buyers now, of consumers, also have these in mind. So I think it's only right that we also um, recognize this in the awards.
0: This year, you added several new categories, including Best Integrated Work From Home Development, a segment that was on the rise during the pandemic. But with economies slowly returning to normalcy, do you think this demand will Prosper, prosper rather post COVID.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I think you have like not only work from home, but you also have the work from resort, work from the beach, um, and with the setup of companies right now, my God, it's not only the the companies, but the people who work. You know, um, they're used to hybrid setup, and companies have actually opened up and say yes. I mean, for you it, to also retain staff, I mean, it's I think it's um this is for here. I mean, this is really for to stay i mean this kind of concept is it's no longer a concept i think if i mean i've been practicing work from everywhere (laughs) so i think it has actually gained more popularity and people do realize oh it's possible i mean and zoom is you know and and all the virtual uh, has actually become part of our lives we've also become more efficient that way wi-fi
3: yeah i agree (laughs) yeah i agree with cindy i think i think that the the name of the game now is flexibility right and so i think whatever real estate project you do in the future it used to be that everything was was pigeonholed before or oh, you're just doing a residential unit for a student this is what they do this is all that you're going to put in there it's very 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 specific i think more and more developers are going to try to build in more flexibility the way you know the way assets are designed operated uh functionality of all of these is going to be more diverse so that you can start to do a lot more things with the same real estate.
2: Yeah, because I was thinking, I guess it also gives an additional challenge, right, to office spaces now, right? You kind of have to up the ante to get people um, back to the office even with a hybrid setup. So it also kind of changes um, um, the game for office spaces now, which I would find very interesting. As Raymond said, it's flexibility as well as what are the other Um, engagement activities or other elements that they put in now to the office to be able to embrace this new type of workforce that we're seeing. Uh, Whether or not everyone will embrace it, I think it's still out, right? There have been some push and pull from big companies here and abroad, but in terms of You know, being able to be more flexible, as um, I would agree with that, in adapting to any new thing that comes about again, um, that would be very, very important for for all our real estate spaces.
4: Yeah, I agree with all of them, Tina. In fact, uh, as in consultancy, they've actually been doing that for the longest time. But uh, in particular, more for commercial developments. And uh, I guess, in respect of BPOs and call centers, where The work from home configuration has been very, has been proven to be effective and efficient.
1: Yeah. Maybe, Tina, another part, because I'm in the hospitality side now. And we're designing and also developing new lives. We call it, of course, lifestyle hotels, but a lot of the lifestyle hotels now, uh, we incorporate the co live or even co work space. So in the hotel, it's essential. From design, uh, from design alone and planning, we incorporate now flexible spaces because in the end, if things and you know another pandemic comes, it makes it it makes the asset um, uh, more viable to other, you know, to other segment or other other um, industries. So even f- so all the planning, I believe, not only in terms of commercial, but residential, even residential, a lot of what we're planning these days also includes now those flexi spaces.
0: I just want to work my where my dog is.
1: <laughs> oh, <yes. We're> gonna... <laughs> Both of our projects now has are dog-friendly. Oh. And also, um, you have to also make sure that you have enough space for your plants. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes.
0: I mean, it was important for me to ask that question last year uh, during an event. And um, it was more of like, why are there a limited number of developers who cater to residents with with pets even pre-pandemic because I mean we have to admit a lot of people uh, they took in pets during the pandemic it's what kept me sane and I just don't think I can ever live without another pet and it, it's sad that here in the Philippines there's only a few developers who actually take in pets when I had to hide my, my dog for about a year.
1: <laughs> well they said two, pets or air fryer.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Now, we received so many entries last year. How does it feel to have a vibrant market despite the outbreak?
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that was a remarkable year, I'd say. And um, I think even Property Guru recognized that we've had the most entries and awards. And um, what can I say? I I mean, that's Philippines. And just when we thought we were not going to bounce back, we did. And I think it's going to continue. I mean, I think I've, I have to ask the other judges, I think it's going to continue. I mean, this year, it's like, a, you know, there's going to be a big comeback from everyone else. And I think, we, I mean, we, we are also very excited to go out and do the site inspections.
4: <laughs> but what happened last year was really in response to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that this was more of a strategy resorted to by the developers to actually improve the visibility of the respective development projects. Uh, You know, we shifted. Uh, Developers actually shifted from face-to-face selling to digital marketing significantly and faster during the pandemic period.
2: And I remember we had that, uh, we had a long discussion on that, right? Whether we were going to continue and push through even at the height of the pandemic, because she didn't want to be insensitive to what was happening. At the same time, I think everyone was in agreement that, you know, there, we really had to also inject that type of energy and that push because real estate will always be a key driver um, of the economy. So for me, it was. It was just inspiring, right, to see how they rethought their projects, how they retooled, they recalibrated their strategies. So it was just so um, comforting to see that people were really um, kind of pushing and continue to thrive you know, even throughout um, the pandemic.
3: Yeah, I think Philippine real estate has been quite resilient. And I agree with, with the judges, especially with what Cindy mentioned, this is a bounce back year. I think uh, the momentum from last year is going to continue. Um, hopefully, we, we get a lot of uh, entries again this year. You know, people will be so busy trying to catch up on their projects. I hope they don't uh, forget to join and participate in our awards this year. But it's definitely going to be an exciting year for, for the Philippine property sector.
0: Okay, we move on to question number nine. As experts in your respective fields and having been involved in the process for quite um, some time, why should developers and designers choose the Property Guru Asia Property Awards program to showcase their work.
3: I think for me there are a lot of different um, award programs, but I think the structure of the Property Guru Awards is is probably one of the best. Uh, first off, you know you, it's free to join, right? I think the, the the structure. Some other awards, you just to participate you have to pay. Here it's a free to join um, awards program, which means you know if you don't if you don't win, then you don't have to pay anything. So the risk factor I think is quite low, um, where you're not going to be asked to over invest, um, and you you end up not not getting any return for your investment. So I think that structure is great. I think the fact that also, you know, other awards programs they do tabletop reviews. You know, they just look at the pictures and look at what you submit. I think the effort. Of the judges, um, as we mentioned earlier, to actually inspect sites physically and really spend time with the developers, the, the people involved in the project, to fully assess and evaluate projects, adds a layer of um, governance and and really quality in terms of the judging. So I think I think combining those factors really makes you know the, if you win a Philippine property award or an Asia, or you move on to the Asia property awards, if you win those awards. You are deserving to win those awards,
2: and in addition to that, the ability, the being able to compete internationally as well. So it's not just a local, um, local award, but you're now you're able to compete on an international level. So that brings up, you know, your your standards are now you're measured against much higher standards. So I think that also helps bring the developer to an international scene, a global scene, and also brings the Philippines um, on the map much
4: more visibly. Raymond and Jean said it all, no? Uh, I think the Philippine Property Awards has evolved into the most prestigious real estate award in the country, not only in the country, uh, if I may say, but also in Asia-wide. So it is the Miss Universe of the real estate uh, (laughs) property.
1: (laughs) Uh, Oscars Oscars of all the awards. (laughs) Thank but you. <laughs> yeah, but we didn't get here in, you know, I mean, it, it took time. It, it's also one of the longest um, property awards. And, um, you know, all the judges that um, uh, that, that take the time and, and commitment to be part of it with, with, you know, we're all belonging to different fields. And I think that actually brings more credibility to the awards.
0: Okay. We have uh, con- come to our conclusion with this episode. Special shout out to our sponsors and partners this year, platinum sponsor Kohler, gold sponsor Boys and Paints, media partners, Business World and Esquire Philippines, and official supervisor, HLB. Once again, our deepest appreciation to Miss Cindy and the rest of our judges for generously devoting your time and expertise to our awards program. Other notable members that are unable to join us today are Carlo Cordado, Jaime A. Cura, Kathleen Obsemea, Michelle Barreto, Philip Marescal, and Richard Raimundo. There you have it, the distinguished judging panel of the Property Guru Philippines Property Awards. Once again, thank you for joining us in this special episode brought to you by Esquire Philippines, the official media partner of Property Guru Philippines Property Awards 2022. See you in the next one.